How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. This is the Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New York. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's warm edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf. Uh, Okay, we have lots of items to get to this morning. And as you know, this is meant, of course, to be an interactive hour between you and me. So give me a call at 877-337-6666. All right, let's, let's dig in. I was reading a new study this past week about talented young athletes who play up against older kids and what needs to be done to ensure that the younger player can handle that jump. Now, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence from over the years that the younger kids, usually their siblings, who tag along with their older brothers or sisters and play against kids who are maybe two or three years older, that tends to accelerate the younger athlete's development. Now think about when, when you were growing up. Did you ever notice that the kids who were allowed to play up against the, the older children in the neighborhood seemed to benefit greatly from this? Even though they were clearly smaller and usually physically weaker, well, they, they just got better. Uh, I know I did. Uh, my, my brother Bob is, is three years older than I am, and uh, he was a, a very talented athlete in high school, ended up as an excellent pitcher at Princeton. But growing up, Bob and his buddies routinely allowed me to play with them in terms of everything from touch football to pick up baseball games and so on. In other words, they let me play with them, so I, in effect, played up. And sure, I was much smaller than they were, uh, but those years in which I was allowed to do that definitely helped me in terms of learning tips on how to compete, uh, watching what the older guys did in the games, and so on. It, it, It just... The experience just gave me real extra, uh, you know, basically experience long before my own high school career started in, you know, ninth grade. In any event, I want to talk a little this morning about today's generation of kids who play up and the best way to make sure that your youngster can benefit from doing this, as well as the cautions to look out for. I also want to mention this morning in passing what I enjoyed the most about this year's Major League Baseball All-Star Game. And I realize, of course, that the game had terrible ratings once again. But it wasn't so much that I enjoyed the Home Run Derby 
or that the American League you know, won yet again. There was something different about the All-Star Game and something I want to I want to mention along the way to you as well. And as noted, I have a slew of other headlines from the Sports Edge police blotter to get to this morning. And again, I'm eager to hear from you at 877-337-6666. So let's get into it. Remember that terrible incident from a few weeks ago when the 72-year-old ump in Branchburg, New Jersey, was, was punched in the face by an angry coach during a kid's baseball game? As you might recall, the umpire, well, he suffered a broken jaw. He had to have his jaw wired shut. But now... He's fighting back. He filed a lawsuit against that aggressive baseball coach. And the lawsuit, uh, the umpire is seeking monetary damages for his pain and suffering and medical costs. And I, for one, applaud this umpire's actions. Let me give you a little background. This comes from uh, the reporting from Sports Illustrated. James Neely, a 72-year-old umpire, filed a lawsuit against Jerry Otero, the coach of a Staten Island-based travel baseball team, seeking damages for injuries sustained during this incident. Neely sustained a concussion. His jaw was fractured in two places, resulting, as I mentioned, in his jaw being wired shut. The lawsuit also names Otero's travel team, the team president, Frank Cambria, the U.S. Amateur Baseball League, and 10 John Doe's, or parents, if you will, from the Staten Island team who, quote, verbally encouraged and or fostered the assault, unquote, as defendants in a lawsuit. This is all from Sports Illustrated, and they got their source from NJ Advance Media. Quote, as a direct and proximate result of the intentional and negligent conduct of the defendants, John Doe's 1 through 10, the plaintiffs sustained severe and permanent injuries, including but not limited to pain, suffering, emotional and psychological trauma and humiliation. That was in the lawsuit. Now, after James Neely was punched, the lawsuit alleges that the parents, the Staten Island parents, continued their verbal harassment, including taunting Neely, and that he, quote, got what he deserved, unquote. That's why those John Doe's are included in the lawsuit. Now, friends, to me, it's all very simple. As adults, and you've heard me say this many times, as adults, we need to fully Understand and accept that at kids' sporting events, you will be held accountable for the things you do and the things you say. So if you can't control your emotions during the inevitable ups and downs of a game, then don't go to the game. And certainly do not be a coach. And sports parents, you always have to be careful. Always have to be careful of how you act, what you say, and what you do. As for this lawsuit by this umpire, it's going to be interesting to see if this encourages other refs, other umpires, other officials to quote-unquote fight back by filing legal actions against parents and spectators. And again, just to be clear, there is never any reason for a sports parent or a coach or a spectator to ever physically assault a game official. And if you do, well, then you got to be prepared to pay for your actions. Now, again, th this concerns me because it seems to be, maybe because of the rising temperatures or who knows why, but we seem to get more and more of these situations, these terrible incidents, more and more often. For example, over the past week, there were two accounts, two separate other accounts, where refs did fight back. In a showcase basketball game out in Kansas City, 
an angry coach got into a punching match with the ref during the game. The ref fought back against the coach. And the referee was then attacked and beat up by a bunch of spectators. And eventually the ref had to be helped up off the floor after law and order was finally reestablished. And then in an AAU basketball game, this was uh, took place near Oklahoma City. A coach ran out on the court during the game, got in the, fa- in the face of a referee, who then fought back and took a swing at the coach. A major brawl ensued with the referee uh, and, you know, trying to uh, set again the record straight. The ref went out and he punched a sports dad who was on the basketball court and the, the referee's punch knocked that father out. Now, look. I certainly don't condone any kind of physical altercations, but in both of these cases, I do think the ref has the right to defend him or herself from unwanted physical abuse coming from players or coaches or parents. Tempers flare, people get angry, we know that, but that's never any excuse or reason to physically attack a ref or an umpire who's working a game with teenagers. And more importantly, isn't it becoming increasingly clear that this issue is growing out of control? I mean, referees are now beginning to fight back. In the old days, not too long ago, refs, umpires knew they were going to sustain a certain amount of, of uh, verbal abuse at games, and they just sort of brushed it off. But now when we have coaches actually coming out and taking a swing at a referee, well, your natural instincts are such that you want to defend yourself. And I, I just think this is getting worse and worse and worse. And I'm quite, sure, I'm quite sure that we're going to need to institute and enforce gun checks at these youth and amateur sporting events. Why? Because too many people are now going to start to bring guns to these games just in effect to defend themselves. <laughs> I mean, come on. This is nuts. I mean, remember, these are supposed to be, these games are supposed to be enjoyable moments for parents, for the coaches for the kids, and yeah, for the refs and umpires as well. And speaking of guns, well, here's actually some good news. University of Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson has decided that he will no longer use his AR-15 nickname. Remember, his, his name is Anthony Richardson. He doesn't want his initials to, or his brand to be connected with assault rifles. And the Gators quarterback, who does, of course, wear number 15, He's going to rebrand his personal merchandise, his NIL, very, very soon. So, yeah, good, good for Anthony Richardson. That's a very smart move. And along those same lines, when Austin Reeves of the Los Angeles Lakers heard about what Anthony Richardson did, well, Reeves applauded his actions and decided he, too, no longer wanted his fans to refer to him as AR-15. Again, Austin Reeves, his initials are AR as well. And his uniform number is 15, too. I mean, basically, two, two young athletes in their 20s said, we've got to stop this. We, can't, we, we don't want to be associated with AR-15 rifles. And Reeves made it clear, as did Richardson, that they don't want to condone uh, gun violence in any way whatsoever. And Reeves wants his followers to move along from the AR-15 as well. So, yes, I applaud both Anthony Richardson and Austin Reeves. As you might know, the shooter in Uvalde used an AR-15 rifle. Okay. Uh, These are things I want to talk about. I also want to talk, of course, about what's happening with playing up uh, and what what are the precautions that parents have to be aware of and coaches as well. Because 
if you if it's not handled the right way, it can sort of backfire on the youngster and basically set them back rather than pushing them forward. Let's go to our calls. Let's go to 877-337-6666. Let's start with Ed Ward over in Jersey. Ed, good morning. You're first up this morning on the fan. Good morning, Rick. How you doing? Good. How are you, Ed? I'm staying warm in my car because I'm, I'm in a showcase tournament down at St. Joseph's University. But I want to talk about the umpiring situation. Uh, yeah, or the referees. And yes, without a doubt, it's getting bad. But with me coaching now after umpiring 38 years of high school, we got umpires right now that are up and they're in dire need of umpires, but they don't care about what they're doing. And I'll show you an example. We're in a tournament early in the year, and we got the last game, so it's 8 o'clock at night. And there's time limit, and we, we're coming back in the game, and uh, all of a sudden the, the umpire – Strikes my last two batters out on pitches that aren't even strikes the Yao Ming. Mm-hmm. The way out of the zone. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my third base coach says, that's a horrible call. He throws him out just for saying that. Now, I come out and um, question everything. You know what his answer was to me? Coach, I've done four games already. I want to go home. <laughs> so, true story, Rick. True story. Was, so it, my point, was it a close game? Like, yeah, it was a six-four game, we, and we were making a run. We, we were in the, well, the bottom of the seventh. That's that's. I mean, on one hand, I'm being facetious here. You have to applaud the umpire for being honest, but as you said, that's not fair to the kids uh, because clearly, if you're going to, the umpire knew he was going to work four games that day. It wasn't like it was a surprise to him, and you want the umpires. It's assumed that he is going to call everything fair and square and not not basically uh, interject his own personal feelings or fatigue into what's happening on the field. That, that's that's not good. You know, again, I I used to umpire, and um, hey, it's a thankless job. But a lot of there are a lot of very good umpires out there that take pride in their job, no matter how many games they want to do. But the thing is, it, it's just getting out of control. And I, I you know, my feeling is, you got to have security at these games now. You hate to say it, even in even in some even in like tournaments now. I mean, I I've, I've got to just see tournaments, my, go mind my own business. Even in the ACBL the other night, Rick, I'm there watching watching one of my former players who's going to play excessive play, and it's, even the players are getting out of control on, on routine strike three calls that are right down the middle of their argument. So, again, I don't – They've got to have some type of security at games now. There's no question. I think that's exactly where we're headed. Uh, and uh, Yeah, I, I think that's inevitable, or it's going to be stepped up. Ed, thanks. i got to take a break. But, yeah, I agree that um, it is incumbent, of course, on the umpires or refs officials. Yeah, we know they work long, hard hours. But, yeah, if you're, if you're out there, you got to give the, your benefit of the doubt to the kids because they're working hard, too. They're working at 100% to try to, to do what they want to do on the, on the baseball diamond. And it's not fair for them to say, well, I'm just it's hot and I'm tired. I want to go home. You can't do stuff like that. We know that. As far as security, yeah, I think anybody who runs the league, uh, anybody who's involved in youth sports these days, has got to pay attention to these headlines which come out uh, fast and furious of what's going on. And they better make sure that there's security uh, in, in force at all these, uh, you know, events because otherwise we're going to be in really, 
having more and more situ- serious situations. And unfortunately, that's where we are in this country today. And again, it's just not around here. It's all over the, all over the nation. All right, let me take a time out. Uh, as I said, I want to talk about these issues. I want to talk about uh, the whole concept of playing up, which is something we haven't talked about in quite some time. And I'm eager to get your thoughts about this. 877-337-6666. I want to get into a discussion about younger kids playing up against older athletes. And, and just to be clear, you know, I'm not talking about uh, an 18-year-old playing against a 20-year-old. Um, I want to focus on those youngsters between the ages of, let's say, I don't know, 8 to 14, because those are the, the critically important years when playing up is done more often. For example, when, when, a, when a youngster is in, let's say, the 8th grade and is clearly a talented athlete, is it, is it okay uh, is it recommended for them to play on a varsity team where that eighth grader will now be interacting on a daily basis with kids who are juniors and seniors in high school? And that, that's, that's quite a substantial difference, particularly during the teenage years, especially in terms of their social experiences and interactions. And look, for parents who have talented athletes, it's always exciting to hear that maybe a coach feels that your kid might be good enough uh, not just to be a star at their own peer level, but to actually play up against older kids. That's, that's, that makes you feel like, hey, my kid is going to be on the right track. And it happens routinely. We know that. But the question is, is that always the best approach? And uh, I, 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 I just am concerned about it because there have been some studies uh, over the years about whether the younger sibling in a family will be better and more athletic than the older uh, sibling, particularly if both of them uh, play sports. And the reason for this, or so the, so the belief goes, is that as kids, little brothers and sisters are, of course, usually smaller uh, and not as physically as strong as the older siblings, which means they will have to work that much harder to keep up in games and in skill development with their older siblings. And as a result, the younger kid learns the sport at an accelerated pace. And because they are smaller, that in order to compete against the older kids, they also learn to focus more on their inner desire, their inner drive to excel. And in the end, if the kid learns to do this, learns to adapt and to keep up, and of course continues to grow physically on their own, well, then they will be well-positioned to become a superior athlete as they go through high school. Now, again, of course, this all assumes, of course, and this is an important assumption, that the younger kid, the younger sibling, is blessed with physical talent and skills. Without those, without those, I mean, there's little chance for the youngster to actually go on to become a top player. Uh, and the reason I, I mention this is because I, I read an article in the recent issue in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology. And uh, the article talked about the best methods to coach and to support these kids who do play up. Uh, the focus studied, uh, focused on soccer players between the ages of 13 and 17, where the younger kids who were talented, again, the 13-year-olds, were selected to play up a year or two against older players. The conclusions of the study were very straightforward. They found that the younger players were more likely to integrate socially with the older teammates if, and this is an important part of this, if the older players on the team introduced themselves right at the start to the younger kids and to make sure, the old, this puts obligation on the older players, to make sure to include that the younger kids are very much involved in the various sports uh, drills that they go through in playing soccer. And two, 
it was absolutely essential that the coaches provided lots of constructive feedback to the younger kids. And that included everything from clear strategies on how to improve their skills to going through their paces and practices. It was essential that the coaches provided real positive feedback in order to to develop a sense of of acceptance, a sense of trust and respect with the younger, younger athletes. And three, as the younger athletes began to develop and show their skills, that very much helped the older teammates begin to accept the younger kids, made them feel much more part of the team. Now, again, this all may sound like common sense, but the fact is, these, ha- these steps have to be done in order to basically weave in the younger players and make them feel like they're actually contributing and are accepted by the older players. I mean, you just, you just can never assume that a 10-year-old who's a talented athlete, but you can't assume a 10-year-old is going to be immediately accepted by a bunch of 12- or 13-year-olds or that an 8th grader in basketball is going to be accepted as an equal by the members of the varsity team. And again, the coaches have to watch all this very carefully, especially early on, and the parents have to be observant as well because it's all about the social acceptance of the younger player. That's just as important as whether the kid has the actual physical ability to compete. I mean, it's almost as though it's incumbent upon the older players on the team to sort of, in effect, look after the younger kid. And if they don't, or they reject the kid, or just turn their backs on him, or just don't feel the kid belongs, that's, of course, when real serious issues can occur. 877-337-6666. I'm sure many of you went through this yourself, or as parents, or as coaches, you've encountered this as well. It's a very common you know, situation. I'm, th- I'm curious to get your thoughts about the situation. And that's, uh, let's go to back to the calls. Let's go to Anthony up in Yorktown Heights. Hey, Anthony, good morning. You're on the fan. Good morning, Rick. I'm sorry. I wanted to talk about the umpire assault and officials assault. Is that okay? If I could... Absolutely. That's good. And it's obviously that's a critically important issue, Anthony. Go ahead. Okay. I just wanted to uh, express my concern about the connection that you did your story about a 72-year-old umpire getting his jaw broken and actually including spectators in the lawsuit because they were saying he got what he deserved. And then the first call you took was, an anecdotal call about an umpire with a nose-to-toes strike zone who wanted to go home because he was doing his fifth game of the day. Now, I'm not defending incompetence. We always say the most important game in the world is the one you're working right now. Right. But uh, the reason he may have been doing his fifth game of the day is because, as you know, there's a dire national shortage of youth sports umpires and officials. The attrition rate for new officials right now is year three. 80% of new officials do not make it to year three. Number one reason given, coach and parent abuse. Yeah, Anthony, average- I, I just, you, I've covered this endlessly on the show. I know about the umpire attrition. I'm not defending what the, as you hear me say, I wasn't defending the umpire. I mean, clearly we would like to have more umpires, particularly in Jersey. So I, I'm a little, I'm not sure where you're going with your point here. Anthony, we lose you? Well, maybe we did lose um, Anthony. Are you there, Anthony? I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. So, what? what I mean, we're all concerned about this because yeah, we know I, there's a paucity of, of umpires, officials, and referees. Yeah, I'm just saying when we take a call and it's all about how bad this one guy was and it follows a guy getting his jaw broken because, you know, the people there thought he was terrible. It's just... It's a problem. It's well, a it problem. Is. You, we all agree that, that the umpire working that game, 
he had no right, and I said this, he had no right to, to express his personal feelings that he was tired and wanted to go home. I mean, it wasn't any surprise that he was going to work four or five games that day. That wasn't a surprise to him. Um, but he, he has an obligation. This is all about the, being an official. You have an obligation to, to do your job and to do it right and, and correctly uh, for all the kids who are performing. So, yeah, he, he's not to be excused or given a, a, a pass. No, he, he obviously... We're, we're trying to recruit, Rick, and, and, and you know, all, all organizations. You see the articles. Um, and I just want to say, it's a great way to make money. It's a great way to stay around the game if you're an ex-athlete. And there are rewards. So, you know, just give it a try. You may love it. I, Anthony, I, I hear you, and I applaud that sentiment. Uh, and, and thank you for your thoughts this morning. Sure. You know, the fact is we are going through a, a serious decline of uh, officials for our kids' uh, sporting events. And uh, as we all know, if there are no officials, if there are no umps and no referees, there are no games. And I don't know if that's really sunk in yet with parents, but we've talked all spring and all summer about the fact that, uh, that we just have fewer and fewer of these officials. Yeah, as, as Anthony mentioned, it's a wonderful way if you want to stay connected to the game, uh, make a few extra bucks, but you understand these days that it's, it's a bit perilous to be an umpire or to be an official because if you let your emotions get involved um, you know, and you begin to decide you want to fight back or you do things that you probably shouldn't do, then obviously it could be a very, it can sort of spiral out of control. And that's why we're talking about what needs to be done in terms of protecting umpires and ref, referees and officials because otherwise we're, they're just going to stop doing this. And I honestly, I can't blame them. I'm sure you can't either. Let's, uh, let's move on. Let's go, to, um, let's go to Jack Smithland over in Fairlawn. Hey, Jack, good morning. You're on the fan. How are you, Rick? Um, you know, be- before I get onto the topic of playing up, I just want to say whether well, the umpire is the, most, is the worst umpire in the world that doesn't give the uh, coaches or fans the right to beat them up or to punch them out. You know, so this your last your last caller. I didn't, you know, I didn't understand the point either. And the situation is, is that there are terrible umps. All right, they're human yeah. beings. You know, uh, you know, if I was an umpire and I made as many mistakes in a game as I did at home, you know, uh, not closing doors and and, and 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 turning lights out, you know, I would be fired from my job. So, you know, the, the, the point is, the point is, is that, listen, violence is not the answer. You know, watching that video of the basketball, uh, the um, you know, melee with the umpire, with the referee and, and, the, and the coach, the coach, it looked like he headbutted him, you know? It looked yeah. like he hit him in the head, and the guy just reacted, yeah. which is not appropriate either. But, you know, listen, don't ever start a fight, but defend yourself when you need to. So the point is is that violence is not the answer. It really isn't. So, you know, as far as the umpires go and the crazy fans, it's here. It's here to stay until there are consequences that are going to actually make sense it's going to continue to happen. Yeah. And, you know, that, that, that's all I have to say about that topic. About playing up, I, I give an analogy of this. There are so many parents out there that, that force their kids to take AP classes and honor classes when they're not really capable. And why they do that is because they say it's worth more and it looks better on their applications to college. Well, you mm-hmm. know what? Mm-hmm. If you go into those classes and you struggle – it's not going to be better for you. Plus, you're going to, it's going to kill your confidence. 
you know, play at the level that you're capable of playing at. There are so many parents out there that actually want their kids to play up because Johnny's, his best friend got, got moved up. You know what? The worst thing a parent can do is move a kid up when he's not able to play at that level. And when you talked about, about being accepted, one of the things that I found with my kids, and both my kids played up. Alex, my younger guy, didn't really like it. He liked staying with his friends. Yes. And Zach, you know, Zach was good at everything, just like Alex was. But Zach had the ability to go up and play. And here's something that I, I always took notice with. If you get accepted as a younger kid out in the streets and pick up games and sandlot games, you're more likely to be accepted onto a school team playing up or, or a town team playing up. You know, when it comes to your strength, like you said, and you hit it right on the head, when you said that if you're not capable physically to play with that level, then don't go up because you're only going to get injured. But there's so many people out there that want their kids to play up because it's prestigious. It looks good. It makes my kids feel better. But if he goes up there and struggles, it's the worst thing you could ever do to your kid. Jack, so I, I, I just let, let me coaches, <laughs> let me just let me just uh, underscore because I, I I I'm glad you brought this up. First of all, I do want to point out in that article uh, that that psychological journal it said that some kids, a lot of kids, if you ask them. Would they prefer to play up or would they prefer to play with their same age peers? Most kids say, no, I want to keep playing with my friends. I don't want to play up against older kids. And that's something that a lot of, as you said, most parents don't ever even consider that because it's all about a perception that my kid is somehow unique and talented and special if they are asked to play at a higher level. Uh, They don't really consider the implications if the kid goes there and is not able to compete successively at a higher level and then the, the parent has to decide with the coach well do we put our kid the kid back at uh, you know basically demote them to back to where, where they were before that does not do much for the kid's sense of confidence because the kid feels like I was asked to play up that was a big deal and now I'm, I didn't make the grade I'm, I've been in effect uh, back and it just it just eats at their whole sense of like well maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was that's the last thing any parent wants their kid to go through. But again, these are the concerns. You know, it's it's something that it's something that you've talked about, you know, many many times. And I think this topic about playing up is a very good topic because you know there's going to be there's going to be probably more hardship by moving a kid up at the wrong time than there would be by moving them up at the right time. Because the, the point is, is that these kids can compete. These better athletes can compete skillfully, but a lot of them cannot compete physically. And you know what? You can be the greatest quarterback in the world, an eighth grader going up and playing at the high school level, and the first time he gets hit by a 250-pound lineman, <laughs> his career is over. You know, So you've got to make that choice, and you've got to listen – let the coaches and the experts make that choices. Don't you as a parent, you know, if you feel your kid is being neglected or that, you know, he, he has the ability to play up, talk to the people. Don't suggest, don't make a suggestion. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast my son should be playing up or my daughter should be playing up let the experts let the people that understand the consequences to everything that's going to happen let them make the decisions. And you know what, Rick? This is a great topic, and it's something that people should, you know, don't think about, oh, it's so prestigious for my child to be playing up at a higher level. Because if they, you know, and this is what I always used to tell my parents when I was a teacher, an A in a regular class is more powerful than a C in an AP or yeah. an honest class. I, I hear you on you that, that, so, that, that parallel with the academics. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do know that some of the more sensitive coaches will they want to if they're approached by having a kid play up what they normally do or try to do sometimes jack is they'll, they'll just uh, say well i'm not going to promote the kid immediately to make to the next level but maybe i'll try have the kid attend some of the practice sessions not the games the practice sessions to see if the kid feels comfortable or is accepted by the older kids and we'll see that we'll do a couple of practices and see how that works out before we make a determination as to whether this should become a permanent move and i think that makes a lot of sense because that way you can see the parents can see the coaches can see and the kid can see whether or not they feel comfortable 
playing against older kids. Um, and again, some of the more, I think, enlightened coaches will do that and then make a determination down the road. But just to make an immediate jump, I, I'm very wary of, of doing that. As you said, there's always the concern about the kid's confidence, and, and you just don't know if the kid is going to be able to handle that. And quite frankly, it's, it's more about the fact of how the other kids in the team react and respond to that youngster being pushed, uh, promoted up. So, Jack, I got to take a break. Thank you, as always, for the call. I appreciate it. Let me, let me take a time out, friends. I want to get more of your calls about this topic because I do think it's something that parents and coaches do worry about, and obviously you want to do the right thing for, uh, for your young player. 877-337-6666. Before I get back to your calls, uh, I just have a few quick comments about baseball's all-star game, and I want to tell you what I enjoyed the most of it. And this might surprise you, but I, I really thought that having the, the players mic'd up and listening to what they had to say, either when they were in the outfield or when pitching or in catching, I just really enjoyed how they interacted uh, with the players from the other team. It was sort of like eavesdropping in the private conversations of millionaires. I mean, let's face it, we we all want to know what these guys are saying to each other, and and during these uh, these conversations that were mic'd up, there was a there was a real palpable sense of real joy and a sense of fun that these guys had. In fact, uh, Ken Rosenthal of the Athletic also picked up on this as well, and how popular it was with the players too. In short, yeah, they were having fun at the All Star Game. And, you know, the, the media. And I understand this because they're trying to sell tickets, but they try to make us think that the Yankees and the Red Sox hate each other because of their so-called long-standing rivalry. But that's just not true. Major League ball players respect each other, and during an All-Star game, these guys really went out of their way to congratulate the other players for being selected. In other words, this was truly a, a first-class display of just tremendous sportsmanship. Major leaguers going out of their way to offer words of praise to their competitors. And it wasn't forced. It wasn't mandatory. Just guys acknowledging how, much, how, much, how cool it was to be there in the All-Star game and to be involved with the other elite players in their sport. And I, I just thought it was great fun. Uh, it, was, it was wonderful to hear Nestor Cortez you know, telling us what he's going to try and pitch and getting a, a Jose Trevino's reaction as a catcher. It was just great stuff. It made the event into a lot of fun. Which, quite frankly, we know the All-Star game isn't always that enjoyable. But anyway, I hope Major League Baseball continues to keep this going. It was, it was great to hear. Okay, let's get back to our, our callers. I'm eager to find out more about playing up, and of course, we'll take other calls as well. Uh, let's go to uh, Dr. Rob Freed out in Lake Success. Rob, good morning. You're next up on the fan. Good morning, Rick. First of all, quick shout out to Eddie, who's the greatest. I, I love talking to him before I get on the air with you. Everybody loves. Stoll, everybody loves the zoo man. You know that he, he's, he's super. And, and Jack stole some of my, a lot of my thoughts as he usually does. That's why I like to get on before him. Uh, a couple things. I'm on the officiating part. Listen, I commend the official, that 72 year old uh, gentleman. And the law, the law is the law. You, violence. You can't have violence. And you know what? Um, because of your show, I just got my USA Track and Field uh, certificate to officiate. Oh, great. So I'll be out there officiating some track and field meets uh, starting uh, as, as soon as I can, you know, get out there and, and get, you know, get my name out there. So I'm looking, looking forward to that. Um, all because of the joy of, of participating and, and, and wanting to stay in the game on, on that level as well. Um, I got my thoughts on the, on the playing up, and Jack made some great points um, on, the act, on the academic part as well as, you know, uh, the sports part. Here's what I think, 
if the kid is physically mature, like you said, can handle uh, playing with older athletes, and they're ready to do that, and they do have exceptional skills at a, at a young age, yes, it, it can be a very beneficial thing. But I want to throw something out which you haven't touched on. When I was in high school playing soccer, um, I was, as a goalkeeper, as a junior, I had a choice. My, my, the, the head coach came to me and said, listen, i got a senior goalie right now. You're probably going to be sitting on the bench the whole season. We're going to get you in next year because it's his time, okay? Right now, you're just still we're grooming you for your senior year, and right now this is his last year to do what he can do. So I had the option. He said, listen, you can sit on the bench and we'll get you in mop-up games, or I'll move you down to JV. You'll get a lot of action. You'll get a lot of experience. So when you come on as a senior, you're going to be ready to play pretty much every game, and it's going to be your spot. And I had to make that decision. And I said, you know what, Coach? Great. I love it. It was a fabulous experience playing down. Number one, I was the star on the team because I was playing with younger kids. Second of all, they needed, they needed someone with, I guess, uh, being older – I became like a leader on the team, so I mm-hmm. learned leadership skills because I was the guy they looked up to, and when I got to my senior year, I was ready because I was well-groomed. And this is something that I think it's a twist. It's a little of a twist. So I think parents should maybe consider looking at that situation if you're not ready and you're just going to be sitting and you're going to be getting, like you said, psychology-wise – it you know, could work to your disadvantage if you start playing poorly with the older kids. You know, maybe this is something they're not ready for. And I figured I wanted to share that story. And well, Rob, I'm, I'm glad that? you did because that's, that's a pretty common kind of situation uh, where, you know, a kid is being, as you said, it happens all the time, where uh, a kid will be approached by the coach at the varsity level and say, look, we got a kid who's ahead of you, and he's going to play or she's going to play ahead of you. Do you want to consider going back to play on the JV because you're going to play every game? And quite frankly, what kids sometimes overlook and the parents overlook all the time is that the fun isn't actually playing in the game. Yeah, it'd be nice to be in the varsity, but if you're going to sit in the bench all year, I mean, that isn't, that's not fun. You just sort of basically come into the games hoping that maybe you get some, uh, some playing time at the end. But if you're, if you're actually playing in the game, once you get caught up into it, and I realize I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but once you're actually involved, as you said, became like a, like a leadership role for you, basically because you got playing time on a, on a JV team where you played and played all the time. That's, that's important and should not be overlooked. That's the thing I think a lot of parents, they, by moving up, moving up, listen, I get it. If the kid is ready and he's really exceptional, that's, we're talking about the special kid here anyway, Rick. We're talking about the, the kid that's really, he's mature enough, he's ready to get, he may be phys- he's got to be physically mature because like Jack said, if, if, if you're not physically ready to participate, you're only asking for injuries and you're asking for setbacks. Correct, and that's something correct, correct. We, 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 you know, we, which we have to think about going forward. Rick, always a pleasure. I got my thinking cap always on with your show because <laughs> it's a thinking show, and that's, and that's what I love about this. Have yourself a great week, Rick. We'll talk next week. Thank you. Thanks, Rob. And, and, and friends, just to underscore this, I mean, yeah, I mean, in Rob's case, it wasn't so much playing up. He was basically playing down in the sense that, you know, and a lot of kids go through the situation where they say, well, you know, if I, if I, I really love being on the varsity, but I also understand there is one or two people ahead of me in terms of on the depth chart, maybe if I go back and play at, at the JV level, 
at least I keep my skills sharp, at least I'm involved in competition, at least uh, I can have a major or positive impact on the younger kids on the team. These are all things to be considered, uh, and it's done routinely. And I, I think that's something that people have to understand, and parents have to understand as well, because again, it's all about playing. That's where the fun is. And I, I think, as I said, I think that's something that we often overlook. I, I, you know, this is a big issue. Uh, I know, again, it all comes back to the whole idea of like, hey, my kid is somehow shows special athletic skills at a very young age. But before you start making plans to have that kid basically play up, uh, consider from the perspective of not just the, the coach, but also from the kid's perspective, is he or she going to be accepted and accepted well by the older teammates that of the squad that uh, they want to join. Those are real issues you have to think, think about. As I said, a lot of coaches will let kids go and practice uh, first to see if that's really going to be a good move for the kid and their psychological sense of confidence. Okay, that's going to do it for me and this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks as always to the ever-popular Zooman, Ed Arzuman. Mark Melusis, he's up next, and I'll see you next Sunday right here on Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.